Hello there guys, today I'll be covering one of my modules at uni, appeasement and war. And the question today is, did Hitler rule with the consent of the German people? Well, firstly, to get started, it's quite tricky to determine whether or not Hitler and the Nazis did rule with the consent of the German people throughout 1933 to 1939. Because there's no actual way for us to prove that they did or they didn't. We have accounts, like first-hand accounts, from individuals that survived Nazi Germany. And those, and that's also SS officers who, the reports were released of how the populace were feeling within Germany in this period. And then there's also documents from the Nazi opposition parties, such as the KBD, who had to go underground in Germany as the Nazis, and well, mainly Hitler, Hitler, sorry, introduced laws that basically liquidated opposing parties and forbade the formation of anything that any political party that was any opposition party, basically, to the Nazis. And they were releasing documents, saying documents back and forth to Austria and other countries surrounding Germany. And the Nazi state was essentially a terror state. And this, to bring it back a little bit to when Hitler was made Chancellor, as soon as he was made Chancellor, he introduced a role of laws, a certain group of laws which helped him solidify power. Firstly, we've got the Enabling Act. And then secondly, we have the Reichstag Fire Decree. The Enabling Act and the Reichstag Fire Decree are two vitally important laws which you guys should remember and you, you know you should you have, you should have to you have to remember you have to remember those two laws they're extremely important in the nazis and hitler securing to complete totalitarian power within germany and after these two important laws you saw the introduction of the civil service law and then Further down the line, you have the introduction of the Nuremberg Laws, essentially anti-Semitic and racial laws. And all of this was to secure complete control and power over Germany. And the way they achieved this as well was through intimidation and brutality as well. They went down illegal means alongside using intense violence because those people who were living in Germany throughout this period were too scared to disobey the Nazis and if you look at it from that perspective you can say that the Nazis and Hitler didn't really didn't truly rule with the consent of the German people because they were only obeying out of fear they're only obeying because they were scared of the repercussions they would face if they 
oppose the Nazis. And Hitler used a number of organisations to extend his control on Germany, of his control over Germany, sorry. You had the SS, you had the Gestapo and the SD, these three key organisations on securing complete totalitarian control over Germany. The SS was originally Hitler's elite personal bodyguards, but eventually grew into a formidable private army, which were made up of fanatical supporters of Hitler. And they eventually grew into this execution squad, which were used to eliminate Hitler's opponents. And then by 1934, the SS had been put in charge of securing Germany from internal and external threats, only to solidify the control of the Nazi party. And just to add, this was none of this was done with the consent of the German people, so did they or did they not rule with consent of the German people? I'll leave you to determine that. But I'll eventually come to a conclusion towards the end. And the SS also controlled the concentration camps where the undesirable people were imprisoned. If you're not familiar with who the undesirable people were, the undesirable people, or from what I've seen, what they're commonly referred to, the community aliens, aliens of the community. These people were Jews, those of Jewish descent, those who were not of Aryan descent, or who were not Aryan, or not part of the Aryan race. Political opponents, even if they were part of the Aryan race, they did not they would did not have the same ideological beliefs as Hitler and the Nazis. So they weren't an entirely lost cause as the Nazis believed, but they would still be thrown in the concentration camps if they didn't agree to turn over to the Nazis. So you had the Jews, you had the political opponents, you also had criminals, gypsies, I mean the Roma people and other religious figures. And this information of the concentration camps and what was occurring there, and the mass torch, death, everything that was occurring in these concentration camps. Once this information was leaked to the public and the public found out what was going on, they became even more scared and frightened, only solidifying the Nazis' power further through the use of fear, and through the use of fear, that is essentially what the Nazis used, alongside other things such as propaganda and whatnot. But using fear against the German people, does it really show ruling with consent? Does it really show that? Did the German people consent to fear? Uh, but once the information leaked about what was happening, it um, sort of kept the majority of citizens at bay. And coming on to other branches of the organisations Hitler used, we covered the SS, but looking at the SD, 
another organization which we have an organization which Hitler and the Nazi Nazis used to secure control. The SD was an intelligence and security service which had the aim to keep every individual in Germany under constant supervision. And going through the history of Nazi Germany, especially through this period, this pre-war period, it reminds me of George Orwell's book, 1984, where he's talking about a dystopian future, as this atmosphere here is incredibly dystopian. And as the SD would carry out this supervision of every German individual, it left no room for resistance. It left no room for a res resistance group to occur, because even if they did occur, they'd be straight. They'd be shut down instantly because of the amount of sophistication these groups had. It f discovering and finding out any plot against the Nazis. And the SD were also responsible for tracking foreign opposition to the Nazis. This included censoring the me this included censoring the media as well. As you know, in Nazi Germany throughout this period, propaganda was everywhere, covered by Joseph Goebbels. And a little quick fun fact, if you will. Germany throughout this period had the most radios in the world per citizen. Do you know why that is? There was a German task, if you will, what the Nazis wanted to do was give a free radio to every German family, every German individual, so that they could spew out this propaganda and basically enables them to brainwash an entire nation a lot easier. And then the third organisation, which is also crucially important, is the Gestapo, the secret police, basically. And they, their role was the internal security of Germany, and the Gestapo had over about 150,000 informants throughout Germany, and they would report any anti-Nazi feeling. And they would, and these informants would report any anti-Nazi feeling to the Gestapo. And the Gestapo and their informants did not wear uniform, which made things incredibly difficult for the ordinary public, as they were on high alert and anxious for most of the time because they don't know who is listening, which then makes it extremely different, difficult to tell whether they were ruling with the whether the Nazis were ruling with the consent of the German people or not. Because if even if the person, even if individuals in Germany wanted to express their hatred and dislike for the Nazis, they weren't able to because of this constant supervision. And if they did express their true feelings, they would be dealt with in any way the Nazis see fit. And that's frightening, extremely frightening. 
And you can imagine how the general public lived in this constant state of fear because they were continuously being spied on. There was even occurrences where ordinary Germans also informed on one another for personal gain or out of sheer jealousy. This furthered tensions and also increased fear throughout the country. So, give you an example, for instance, you have one neighbour, one on your left, another neighbour on your right, and the jealous of either one of them, and they report to the Gestapo, oh, I've heard them spewing anti-Nazi rhetoric. The Gestapo have the authority to come in and arrest them, turn the concentration camp, and that's a volatile society. And then members of the Gestapo, as I just mentioned, they have the power to arrest and detain those people who are not who were considered enemies of the state slash Nazi Nazi Party. But these arrests were carried out separately from the judicial court, so they didn't have to go to court. You could be arrested on the spot and charged and taken. Only in intensifies the fear. And to try and imagine this dystopian world, which the German public were living in, it's insane. And those who were arrested by the Gestapo were usually violently treated prior to release or imprisonment. And the Gestapo tactics included murder, torture of prisoners, and this only heightened fears for the general public and to determine whether they ruled the Nazis ruled with the consent of the German people is tricky as I've previously mentioned as the Nazis usually as the Nazis ruled with fear they did rule with fear from in my perspective Hendrik Himmler was the head of the SS and was also in charge of the police, meaning that no one investigated the crimes committed by the Nazis. So you have a person who is head of the SS but also in charge of the police. This means that there is no there's no organisation that would be able to come in and make sure everything is running smoothly, not anything's everything's running correctly as the Nazis took control of every aspect, every political faction needed to install control over a country, the Nazis done that. And even judges had to swear an oath to the oath of loyalty to the Nazis, which he only which is insane in my opinion. It's absolutely mad. You have the judges swearing oaths to the Nazis. There's no way for justice. Justice is out the window. Freedom, everything is out the window. And then this gave the Nazis a greater power over sentencing of political enemies and those deemed to be criminals. So the communists would be either sentenced to long periods in prison 
sentenced to death. All because the judges swore an oath of loyalty to the Nazis. The army presence, along with informants, also made people very cautious in raising any opposition to Nazi policy or rule. So they wouldn't want to say anything to discredit either Hitler or the Nazis, as they were fearful of the repercussions, ruling with fear rather than consent. Although it should be noted that prior to Hitler becoming Chancellor and the rise of the Nazi party from 1933 in those six months where they secured complete control and created a totalitarian state, that the Nazis secured quite a high percentage of the Reichstag in the last three elections. In the last three elections, in the last three elections, they secured about 30-something percent. I know it's not above 35%, I think think it was 33% of the Reichstag. And usually, in other parliament, that usually secures a majority, but in the Reichstag, they didn't secure them a majority. They secured them a high amount. And they did not deny the Nazis were popular. They were popular. But as you can imagine throughout this period, when freedom of expression, freedom of the press, and all these other there's basic, basic civil liberties for any nation were taken away by the Nazis, you can understand how people will become frustrated and slowly dislike the Nazis. And the presence of the army became an everyday thing for German people. Like, it was extremely, there's this high visible presence of the army. And there was flag symbols and uniformed troops on the streets, all created this clear impression of power of the Nazi government. It's like wherever you looked, Nazis, troops, SS sold troops everywhere. There's no escaping it. So you either accept it or you die, basically. And Hitler introduced many policies and measures to ensure he remained in full control. Once he declared himself Führer after the passing of President Hindenburg, and a day prior to Hindenburg passing, Hitler actually introduced a law where the President's powers all go to the Chancellor, funnily enough. So the day before Hindenburg died, Hitler organised all of this and got this law passed. The day after Hitler di- day after Hindenburg dies, excuse me, Hitler gets all the president's powers as well. Funny that. <laughs> and all these measures which dealt with political opponents and as well as ordinary people who suddenly found their private, social and working lives controlled by the Nazis. But there were seven key structures in ensuring Nazi control. They were the government, religion, culture, work, education and the youth, terror, 
and propaganda. These seven structures helped maintain Nazi control. With government, Hitler consolidated his power from 1933 to 1934, and then the Nazis had absolute control of national and local governments. National and local governments, sorry. And Hitler believed that religion was a threat, and it was a way of thinking and moving away from Nazism. As Nazis wanted to control over people's minds, so he tried different ways to reduce the power of the church over people. Then culture, Hitler ordered a like Nazification, and this imposition of Nazi values on all aspects of German life. It's like a cult gathering almost. And in regards to work. In, in regards to work, there was the German Labour Front, which boasted that he gave controlled workers forget that part, I've messed that up completely <laughs> my notes are completely messed up with that part, ignore that with education and youth, the lives of the young people were controlled in and out of school all trying to change them into fanatical Nazis and you brainwashing them. So there was never a free moment for the children to stop. They were taught in schools histories of Germany, the greatness of Germany, and Nordic mythology as well, to show them the strength and prowess of the Aryan race continuously bombarding them with how great they are and how great the Nazis are. And then with terror, Germany became a country where it was unsafe to do or say anything critical of the government, controlling the nation by using fear. In regards to propaganda, it was Joseph Goebbels who controlled propaganda. He was the propaganda head of the propaganda ministry. And his aim was to brainwash people and get them to obey the Nazis and idolise Hitler as this cult figure. And the Nazis maintained control through a mixture of propaganda and intimidation. There's large amounts of propaganda, humongous amounts of intimidation. And the use of the SS and all those other organisations is vitally important in maintaining control of Germany throughout this period. But to come to a conclusion of whether Nazi Germany ruled with the consent of the German people, as I said before, it's a tricky question, as we have no real way of proving the level of consent the Nazis had. I mean, you could say, oh, we have elections throughout the Nazis being in power. Yeah, well, we had elections, but they were completely unfair because there was no opposition. You would have a polling card where it just says the Nazis. You'd have an SS officer stood behind you with a German shepherd peering over your shoulder, making sure you tick the Nazi box and making sure you just put that tick 
because if you don't, there'll be dire consequences. So my conclusion is no, they did not rule with consent of the German people. And that is that for this long-ass podcast today. <laughs> it's a big subject, though, to be honest. You need to... There's a lot to cover with it. And I could... There's a lot more to cover. But my throat hurts, so I want to stop talking. And cheers for listening. Have a nice day, evening, whatever you're doing. And thank you. <laughs>